What's up, Packers fans? This is the G-Spot Packers Podcast. I'm Paul, and I got Brian here hosting with me. Check us out on Twitter at the G-Spot Packer 1. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, or CastBox. Hey, Brian, we bounced back, and we had a dominant win against the Cowboys in Jerry World. Absolutely. It's great to see us continue our success there, and uh, the game got a little closer than it should have at the end, but it was still a great win, and... Uh, with them coming back at the end, it kept me from celebrating too early. So all in all, it was a great day. Yeah, definitely uh, was got a little nervous towards the end. Not too nervous, but you know, I, I, it, it had some flashbacks of some of the uh, horrible games that we won't mention. But on this podcast, we're going to be talking about the big win, uh, the challenges uh, that we're going to be facing with a pretty good-looking Lions team, and then finally our hot cheddar hot takes of the week, as always. But we start off with that big win in Dallas. This game being uh, kind of in the afternoon gave me extra time and was making me a little nervous coming into the game. And then the Packers kind of had a little slow start with their first drive and Dallas moved right down the field. And then uh, Alexander got that interception and that kind of ignited it for the team. And it was pretty much a perfect start after that because we got out to a quick 14 nothing lead. I guess is there anything you can see in that first uh, quarter there that really could have gone any better well i yeah i know we were going to talk about it later but might as well talk about it now i mean jair alexander yeah he had that nice pick but man did he get beat uh, on that play and several other players plays before that yeah and it was a little disappointing to see cooper continue to work him the rest of the game but uh, along with the other things that kind of went well for this game that hadn't been going well were we finally ran the ball very well, and it was something we needed with Devontae out this week. So I'm looking forward to hopefully we can continue that the rest of the season because Aaron Jones absolutely went off, and he played great. Um, the defense also continued to have maybe it wasn't a dominant performance against the Cowboys, and they gave up a lot of yards and gave up some points, but they took advantage of the mistakes, as we mentioned with that early pick and the picks they got later, and they made plays when they needed to with some very timely third-down sacks to end drives for the Cowboys. Yeah, you know, and so we've discussed this uh, the past couple of weeks now, actually. Um, one thing that it's uh, we've, we've noticed is this defense seems to be pretty opportunistic. Um, you know, they'll give up the yards and they'll give up some big plays, uh, but – uh, on the other hand, they'll they'll take those big plays and get those interceptions. Uh, and most of the games we've had this year and all the games we've won have come with a decent amount of turnovers. I'd agree, and it's a little bit concerning that we've had to rely on the turnovers and the spectacular pass rush we have because we're still a little bit of a concern stopping the run. Hopefully they can clean that up, but Right now, uh, they have probably one of the best pass rushes comboed with a very young, opportunistic secondary. So that'll keep us in some games, and hopefully we can get out to a lead and let them do what they do best. Yeah, and, and uh, right now, you know, it's all right because we have been getting those turnovers, but you would like to hopefully see uh, in the upcoming weeks and towards the end of the season the defenders being able to hold those uh, teams to low yards and low points uh, so that you don't need to rely on the turnovers. Because as we saw in the Eagles game, uh, it goes uh, poorly for this defense when they don't get those turnovers. So speaking of the offense, though, you know, it, 
with that run game, it was obviously great uh, this past week. Uh, but the other thing to me, it, it just seemed like the most fluid and the most uh, just put together um, and high oiled and well functioning uh, that we've seen this offense in a long time. Yeah, even going back to the McCarthy days. What do you think about that? I completely agree. I was going to mention, I noticed that this week we had a lot more of these uh, motions. We saw a lot of things where they're kind of dictating and trying to get the defense to tip their hand and see different things. And I think that's kind of maybe was forced by the Devonte Adams injury, or maybe it was just, you know, they kind of, it's time they're getting a little more used to the offense, but it was good to see them incorporate some of those things we were expecting from that Matt LaFleur offense and it had success against the Cowboys. Yeah. And as we had mentioned a few times in the podcast, you know, we were speculating, you know, is the Matt LaFleur offense being slowly unraveled? Are they possibly still installing the, the, his offense even now? Um, and hopefully that's, that's exactly what we're seeing. And in the upcoming weeks, we can even see more. But there were some pretty uh, great individual performances on offense. Obviously, the bookend tackles, Bulaga and Bakhtiari had excellent games, keeping a good pass rush from the Cowboys to pretty much uh, neutralize. Jimmy Graham actually uh, came out and uh, not only caught some balls, but also had a really good game blocking. He had several good blocks. Um, it, but obviously, the star of the game was Aaron Jones with, uh, I think, 182 yards and four touchdowns. Absolutely. It's good to see Bakhtiari and Bulaga continue their success. It wasn't as good as the Broncos game, but again, like you mentioned, they did a great job, especially with the way our offense was kind of hindered without Adams. Jimmy Graham did make some blocks. They were DBs, but that's a step in the right direction for him. Hopefully he continues to improve his blocking, and Aaron Jones continues his uh, success and just having his great games in Texas. So I'm sure he would like to play there more often because he's having career days there. Yeah. And that was uh, the most hilarious thing, that viral thing that going around with him waving goodbye to that, that defender. Um, As hilarious as that was, uh, it is something that could have definitely uh, been called for taunting, uh, negating that touchdown. Yeah, I saw uh, Pat McAfee in his podcast call with uh, Aaron Jones asked him about that, and Jones said that the coaches did talk to him about that, and he won't be waving to any more defenders. Yeah. I also saw where there's a decent chance that he's going to get fined for that, and it's you know probably going to be around the same uh, fine as you get uh, for roughing the passer. So just to think that uh, you'd be able to – Derek Barnett and – Aaron Jones would be fined the same amount for their two infractions in those uh, consecutive weeks. How, uh, how, how would that make you feel? It doesn't seem right, but when has the NFL ever done thing on a fair and even uh, playing field with suspensions and fines? So it is what it is. Yeah. Well, hopefully, uh, hopefully he gets uh, some endorsements uh, from that amazing game that, uh, that allow him to pay for that or something like that. Cause that, that was a, Amazing individual performance from his part. Um, but going to the defense, also a pretty good game. Like we said, there were some yards given up, but overall the defense uh, stopped them when they needed to. The Smith brothers, again, having a great game. 
Kevin King, uh, he he was in and out with the injuries, but when he was playing, was playing excellent. Uh, Will Redman, though, and Chandran Sullivan, they both had really good games as kind of uh, unheralded players. I know that the uh, the Cowboys are probably going to talk about how Dak had a rough game, and he definitely did statistically, but almost all of his plays that he didn't make or had to throw away or the interceptions, almost all of them were because he was getting pressure on them all game. Um, and a lot of that was, as you mentioned, the Smith brothers were there the whole time and he just couldn't get comfortable like we've seen with other quarterbacks. Um, I was very surprised that, as you mentioned, Kevin King not only played, but played well. I didn't expect him to play in the game and he got it out and had a great performance to counteract uh, um, Jair Alexander having a little bit of struggles against Cooper. Will Redman, he made a bunch of special teams plays like he did um, in other games, but one of the biggest things was seeing him play in a, a little bit more of the defense and getting what could have been the fourth interception um, late in the fourth quarter that was overturned by a penalty. And then speaking of interceptions, like you mentioned, Chandon Sullivan made one hell of a play intercepting that pass and then uh, doing the uh, celebration towards Nick Collins. That was pretty cool too. Yeah, that was awesome. I, I heard that he has that poster hung up in his room uh, and that that is pretty cool uh, to go play homage to, to one of the greats that uh, whose career got ended too early. Um, but as we mentioned before, there was one star player who uh, really stuck out like a sore thumb. Um, Jair Alexander did not have a very good day. No, and it's, it's not something to be alarmed about. I mean, he did get beat by Cooper a lot and he had a rough game, but Again, he's shown the ability that he has a talent to be an elite corner, and he's still you know, a second-year player. This is just a consistency issue. He's got to learn from this and improve. He made some plays later. He had two third-down stops where he knocked down passes. Uh, it's just a lot of the double moves and stuff where they played on his aggressiveness, and I think teams will look to do that going forward. And he's got to learn from it and adjust, and I hope he will. Yeah, you you hope that that's just a a game where maybe he slept like shit the night before or something like that. Just and this is some anomaly of why he played poorly. But really, that whole the whole game, he just wasn't able to hang on to Cooper the way that we've seen him hang on to other good receivers. And even on that interception, I was pissed off because he got beat and that ball just fell into his hands. And my wife, who's a Redskins fan, was just uh, she was pissed off at me and calling me ungrateful for being upset with that play. <laughs> but it was just one of several times that he was beat, and you know it just was kind of a foreshadowing of how that game was going to get played. So luckily, that, that helped spark the offense and the rest of the team, and they were able to get it out and get the win. But I was nervous at that point. I would agree. I saw that, and I was I thought that was going in for a touchdown when he let that ball go in. Luckily, it worked out for us. And I guess one other thing, talking about celebrations, did you uh, happen to catch uh, Zadarius Smith's homage to Ray Lewis after his comments last week about leadership? Yeah, I don't know if I'd call that one homage, um, but uh, definitely definitely rubbed it in his face a little bit. Um, one of those situations where I think Ray Lewis is getting paid a bunch of money to uh, talk about football, but uh, isn't really giving it his all uh, you know, watching the film and really understanding what's going on. And he kind of just talked out of his ass and uh, looked pretty dumb, uh, especially with how the Smith brothers have been playing. Absolutely. So um, got to talk about some injuries. Um, obviously the guys that were out 
last week, Devontae Adams, Jamal Williams, and Tony Brown uh, with turf toe, concussion, and hamstring, all respectively. Yeah, Devontae Adams obviously was a tough one to not have. Um, Hopefully, we can get him back this week. If not, we're going to have to do a nice creative offensive game plan again. Um, Without Jamal Williams, we saw that they uh, activated Trey Carson to take his role. I think that proves kind of things we've been saying for a couple years now, that Aaron Jones needs that perfect compliment that Jamal Williams is. That's why they brought up Trey Carson. And Tony Brown, um, you know, he's not a huge part because of the depth we have in the secondary. But as we'll talk about with a few more, the uh, injuries in the secondary, none of them are significant for time-wise. But as, as they keep piling up, guy like Tony Brown will be uh, more and more critical to have come back. Yeah. And, and, you know, going back to Jamal Williams, that really was interesting that Dexter Williams, who made the team, uh, was not uh, active for this game. And instead it was Trot Carson who just got brought up from the practice squad. What do you think that says about Dexter Williams and uh, his readiness or I guess, you know, place on the team if they're bringing up Trey Carson over him? You know, I wonder if this is a situation where maybe uh, Gutekunst and uh, Lafleur don't quite see eye to eye, where Gutekunst makes the fi- final fifty-three man roster, um, but Lafleur is the guy who's uh, deciding who's active uh, each week. Um, definitely, uh, is probably something where they think uh, Dexter has some potential still and will eventually grow into a good player. But Tra Carson is the the pro ready player out of the two of them. I think if I had to take a guess, I'm going to say pass protection and um, knowing a lot of the audibles, the way Aaron Rodgers likes to call those plays. I know he's mentioned in the past young running back struggling with that. So that's going to be my guess, but it's not something I like seeing. Um, I don't think that speaks well of Dexter Williams at all. And hopefully we get a chance to see him because that'd be a disappointing to waste that talent and not be able to use him in the running back position. Yeah, he certainly is a talented back, and hopefully uh, towards the end of the season he'll have picked it up and we can see him. But um, as we talked about uh, with Kevin King, he uh, went from doubtful uh, up to questionable, and without practicing at all, he went out and played a really good game uh, with that groin injury. Going into the game, it looked like he wasn't going to make it, and I'm really glad he did because not only did he play, he played great, and that really helped that defense, you know, shut down the Cowboys enough to beat them. Yeah, and I, I saw something where when he was off the field is really when the Cowboys uh, did did their most damage. So it, it really is proven that you know, he is a valuable part of this team. Um, also, uh, a couple guys who got injured in the game last week, uh, B.J. Goodson, uh, he's got a neck injury. Uh, but the big one is Darnell Savage with a high ankle sprain. Um, supposedly not serious, but a high ankle sprain still means that he's likely to miss some time. Agree. I think coming out of the game, both injuries were not considered serious, but we're waiting to kind of see more of an official injury report to get a better kind of feel on that. Goodson's going to be kind of a big deal, I think, because he's used a lot in stopping the run next to Blake and the Lions with Karyon Johnson are going to try and run the ball. And then, as you mentioned, Dad. Darnell Savage, he's been great on the back end of our defense. And even though he's had, you know, some very minor rookie growing pains, he's been excellent and a huge upgrade from what we've had in the past. 
And I don't know for sure if we have a guy in the roster right now that can really replace him. So that's going to be a tough loss if he can't play. Yeah, he's uh, currently the odds-on favorite to be uh, rookie of the year uh, based off of Vegas. Um, but yeah, you're right. How how do you replace him? I mean, I think Will Redman. He did have a good game. A um, couple other options. Do you bring in uh, Tremont Williams? Do you bring in Josh Jackson? How do you think uh, we would? Uh, be able to go through a few weeks without him. I think it'd be a lot tougher because the best quality I think that Savage has is that speed. And I don't think any of those other guys on the roster have the speed to kind of erase other people's mistakes that he does. And so they will be solid kind of players, I think, but they won't be able to replace Darnell Savage and what he can do back there. Yeah. Hopefully it's, uh, uh, a lot less time than initially anticipated, but, uh, yeah, it, it might be tough going without him. So we move on to one of our favorite sections of the week then. Uh, I know a fraction about football, as Matt LaFleur knows, but I'm going to second guess him anyways. So, Brian, what's your second guess? I'm going to start out again for another week in a row. We get first and goal, and we have to settle for three points. And this time we at least ran the ball one time, but we still threw it two times. And I think that needs to be reversed. We need to try and run the ball more than pass it down there. Obviously, passing the ball is not working. And we got a guy named uh, Danny Vitale in the backfield that's a pretty big guy that I think could easily punch it in from one yard out. Yeah, I know we had that. Um, we did overall do a lot better in the red zone. So that was that was encouraging news. Um, for me, I, I kind of struggled with this one because, you know, it, it was a really good game uh, by Matt LaFleur. Um, but just to me, you know, when we're up 31 to three uh, with one quarter going, you know, there's just, I, I felt like we, we could have done a better job of closing out the game too many deep passing, you know, attempts, you know, trying to get that dagger or something like that. Um, you know, some, some penalties, some sacks. And uh, you know, if, if we had played, just maybe a little bit more uh, conservatively in terms of trying to kill that clock uh, might have been less stressful at the end, but that was really a reach on my part. I, for the most part, I really can't complain with how Matt LaFleur called this game. Yeah. Uh, the only thing I can add there is we were having Aaron Jones was having his career day and we could have let him close it out a little bit more. Yeah, that's true. But maybe uh, at that same time, uh, if, if he's been worked so much, maybe you don't want to work him all that much more. Uh, just, uh, he has had some injuries in the past, but all right. So that's enough about that. win. uh, we could probably gush on and on and on about that win. Uh, but, uh, this week, uh, the schedule does the Packers gives the Packers no reprieve. And with the fifth game in a row, uh, we've got a tough opponent this time against a Detroit team that really seems to be starting to put it together with a uh, second year head coach, Matt Patricia. Yeah. The Lions to start the season uh, struggling and started with that tie that we mentioned uh, way back in the fan base here is getting on them a little bit, but they're led by a quarterback that's kind of pulled it together and is having one of his better years to start and is being real consistent with the ball, Matt Stafford. Um, they're focusing on trying to run the ball, and that's led by Carrion Johnson. Their wide receivers are led by young Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones, and Danny Amendola, ex-Patriot. You'll kind of notice that if you look over the Lions roster, they like to hold on to those Patriots. 
They brought in uh, tight end Jesse James, and then they drafted rookie TJ Hawkinson to, to round out their offensive skill positions. Yeah, the Lions, uh, they do have a pretty good quarterback in Stafford and definitely some weapons to get the ball to. Uh, but Patricia, he's a, he's a defensive guy, and that, that's his specialty. And uh, the defense really has been the identity of this team. Matt Patricia has done a really good job um, getting a lot more out of the defense than you'd expect. And it starts off with his defensive line. They added uh, expatriate Trey Flowers and Mike Daniels in the offseason to uh, recently required before that Daniel Damian Snacks Harrison. Um, that was with Ashawn Robinson and Romeo Aquara. Uh, man, that's a solid defensive line. That does scare me. Yeah, and they've. They've not played up to the potential so far, but they've been getting better, and it's going to only get better when uh, Mike Daniels comes back. And I know this week he's really trying to. Um, the linebackers are Jared Davis, Devon Kennard, and they drafted a surprise rookie with Jelani Taval, and he's had a very good rookie year so far. So he's going to help that uh, linebacking core. The secondary is led by Darius Slay, probably their best player on defense, and Justin Coleman, who they acquired in the offseason. And then the safeties are Quandre Diggs and Tracy Walker. Yeah, you definitely hope that uh, you get back Devontae Adams and he can be like himself uh, to have Darius Slay have to occupy his time on there because otherwise um, he's definitely going to wreak havoc with some of these young receivers. But to me, um, the biggest thing that sticks out is it's going to be really weird seeing Mike Daniels on the other sideline against the Packers. Yeah, Mike Daniels, uh, it's going to be weird, especially because he likes to fire up the team, and that's what he's going to do for this uh, defensive team. And it's something that, uh, you know, our defense, I think, is better than years prior with him. But again, yeah, seeing a guy that used to be green and gold all the time now in a blue uniform is going to be weird. Yeah, you know, from a production standpoint, I wouldn't say that, you know, Green Bay has necessarily missed him too much. Um, at least while healthy, um, the de- defensive line has played well. Uh, maybe from a depth perspective, uh, you, you miss him, but for his, what he was getting paid, uh, going to be paid this year, it um, doesn't make sense to have that. Montrevious Adams is really the guy that stepped in and uh, it, it taken over for his role. Um, but because of his injuries, he really hasn't affected the Lions too much, too, except for their salary cap. Exactly. And it's uh, a little bit disappointing. I mean, it's good that the Lions aren't able to use him, but it's disappointing, you know, being kind of a fan of Mike Daniels, not seeing him be able to get on the field. So hoping the best, but hopefully it's after Monday. Yeah. Let's hope that starting uh, week seven, uh, he goes out and has a has an admirable year. Um, but um, so in in terms of game plan and scheme, you know, what do you see the Lions uh, trying to do with us uh, with their offense? Stafford always seems to play uh, his best against Green Bay. That he does, and uh, I think they will use some deep shots from him. But with Matt Patricia, he like you mentioned, he's a defensive coach. He brought in uh, Daryl Bevel um, as a run oriented offensive coordinator. And this season, they've been focused on trying to get that run game going and allow their defense to keep games close and then let Matt Stafford win it. I think that's their game plan. We're going to see a lot of on Johnson. 
And any team that's watched the Packers defense, there's no way that they want to get into a lot of passing situations because our defense, uh, the strength is the pass rush. And then that young secondary makes uh, you pay when you make any mistakes. So I think we're going to start seeing a lot of teams try and run on us. Yeah, and it, it's something, you know, especially maybe that B.J. Uh, Goodson being out is going to hurt us even more. Um, I saw we had uh, Mike Pennell in for a tryout. Did you see that? I did, and it sounded like they were bringing it in maybe to sure up that line for the run. So, yeah, I mean, that, maybe that they've w- seen the same thing we are. Yeah, I mean, that that would be good. Um, did he hold uh, Ezekiel Elliott uh, to, uh, you know, modest uh, run total. So hopefully they can do the same against carry on Johnson. Um, but then on defense, as we uh, have talked about several times now, Matt Patricia is a defensive guy, according to uh, Mike Daniels, a defense genius. Um, so what is this genius going to do to try and scheme up to slow down Rogers and, uh, and uh, the rest of the team? Well, as a unit, we uh, talked about how the Lions D-line has a lot of big, strong guys, and I think that's where they're going to start and try and stop the run because if they can stop the run, that will um, kind of how the Eagles did. It'll force us to pass, and that's how we lost, and I think that'll be the key matchup and battle for this game and who wins the game. Yeah. So what about the Packers? What do you think that we'll be seeing from uh, LaFleur and Pettin this week? Well, as we mentioned, with the defensive line being the key battle, uh, the Packers need to win that battle, and they need to – it's the same thing against Dallas. They need to open up with that rushing attack, and then if Adams can't play, they're going to need the tight ends and backs to help out and chip in in the passing uh, game plan there. Yeah, that that was definitely huge uh, in this um Pass game against Dallas, you know, a, a lot of people were getting on the young receivers for not putting up very good numbers, and they really didn't. Uh, but uh, all the tight ends got involved. Uh, the running running backs got involved in the passing game. I think Vitaly, uh, he, he at least uh, had that uh, same route that he had uh, where he caught the almost touchdown. Um, so uh, I, I forget, did he have any uh, receptions? Uh, yes, he did. He had yeah. one where he dragged that defender like eight yeah. yards. That's oh yeah, yeah, that's true. It's supposed to be a two yard gain, and he he got it. So yeah, it, I think that's going to be what you see again if uh, Adams is out. Just Rogers passing that ball around to all these different guys. And the frustrating thing with that is that's something we've been saying we wanted to see from Rogers for a long time, and it seems when his back's up against the wall, where he's got a knee injury or a calf injury or key receivers are injured, then he plays like this. Hopefully one day we'll get a good healthy mix of this and some of those deep shots. So yeah, one day. So then uh, what are we going to do on defense? On defense, uh, as good as Stafford is, and that passing game potential with uh, Galladay and Jones, um, against the Packers, no team is going to want to deal with that pass rush. So it's going to start up front trying to run the ball. And the Packers are going to have to stop on Johnson. And, you know, if if we can do that, it's going to be a long day for the Lions because I don't see their offensive line being able to handle our pass rush. And let's let those young guys in the back get their hands on some balls. That'd be great. All right, so uh, enough for that game. Uh, looking at the division, um, starting off with the Bears, 
they played in London against Oakland, and unfortunately for the Bears, the Khalil Mack revenge game, game didn't go as planned. Yeah, surprisingly, Mack had somewhat of a quiet game. He only had three tackles and one quarterback hit. Uh, I guess he did have a fumble recovery, so that kind of adds to his uh, playmaking. I, I mean, it does, but uh, I, didn't, I didn't see the play itself, so maybe uh, there was something special he did. But to me, fumble recovery is kind of an overrated stat. Uh, most of the time, it's just kind of lucky and right place, right time, and you know, able to dive on it. Exactly. The game started out with, uh, I don't know if the Bears were jet-legged or whatever, but they started out struggling. The Raiders got out to a pretty good lead, but the Bears came storming back and made a close game at the end. I was worried they were going to pull it out, but despite them playing uh, Chase Daniels, they still lost. So thankfully the Bears lose that one, and hopefully that will continue. Yeah, you, you got to keep, uh, keep hoping, though, that Trubisky comes soon. Uh, but this loss really wasn't good for them. Um, it just can't can't let Chase Daniels get on that winning streak to get that quarterback controversy because we all want uh, Mitchell Trubisky to be back under center. Um, but uh, this week, they uh, take on a tough Saints team. Uh, even without Drew Brees, they've played uh, pretty damn well. Exactly, and they've been led by Teddy Bridgewater, who at one time, for a lot of Packer fans, remember when he played for the Vikings, he was a very good quality starter, and they're talking about uh, giving him a long-term contract. So not too surprised he's able to lead this team and uh, this Saints team obviously is built with great players on both sides of the ball, and it'll be a very tough test for Chicago. And uh, probably looks like with the way things have gone, you know, I'm going to pick the Saints here to probably beat the Bears. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. And, you know, speaking of Teddy Bridgewater, you know, it, it was really until that gruesome knee injury that he had uh, in practice, I think in training camp, uh, it he was he was looking like he was going to be maybe not a star but a very solid starting quarterback. Um, so it's it's good to see him come back, especially not wearing purple. Um, but we move on. Uh, obviously, the Lions. We talked about them pretty thoroughly. There's not much to talk about in terms of this game anymore. Um, and they had a bye week last week. But uh, going back the week before that, they did have a pretty tough uh, loss against. Uh, Kansas City heading to the in that bye. Do you think that maybe uh, you know affects them a little bit more? You know, having that bad bad taste in your mouth uh, for a whole two weeks, or do you think that uh, you know it's something where they still were able to get it out and have two good weeks of preparation? I'm gonna call it motivation dampened a little bit. I think you know brewing on it for two weeks kind of takes a little of that edge off. But it is a divisional game, and I think most teams get up for divisional games. The biggest positive for them is that after that game um, against the Chiefs, they had a lot of guys banged up going into that game, and they also got a few guys nicked up during that game, and they are now very healthy with those two weeks. Um, today on the radio, only Mike Daniels mixed practice today, so they're getting pretty healthy to come over to Lambeau, so... That's the biggest thing I think they got from that bye week. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm definitely hoping uh, for a hangover after that game because it, it it was a pretty crushing loss even for the even for the uh, Lions. Um, so uh, finally, in terms of our uh, our division, we had the Vikings. Um, they really seem to be a Jekyll and Hyde team. You know, 
one week they look great, and the next week they look terrible. You know, they beat the Giants pretty badly this week. Um, they're not a great team, but they have looked uh, much improved since uh, Danny Dimes uh, took over. Um, but I guess my question for you is, who are the real Vikings? You know, are are they this uh, legitimate threat, or are they uh, you know going to fall apart like they have in a couple of games this year? It's tough to say because, you know, they seem like an average team and anyone they can impose their will on and run the ball, they take care of and dismantle like a good team should. But they really seem to struggle and then play terrible against teams that are, you know, average or to a good team. So it's tough because they have a lot of talent. And I'm kind of curious if that Viking team might implode if they lose, you know, some more teams to some good teams. Yeah, they definitely seem to be having some uh, internal strife going on uh, with Adam Thielen and Kirk Cousins uh, kind of getting at each other and having to make a big public apology. And then uh, uh, Stefan Diggs uh, requesting a trade. Um, I, I could definitely see that uh, imploding for them. But uh, this week they played a, a tough Eagles team, team that uh, conveniently waited until they played us to start playing like the elite team that people thought they were going to be coming into the season. Um, who do you got this week out of those two? Well, as you saw when the Eagles played the Packers, they pretty much shut down the running game of the Packers and didn't allow anything. I'm hoping the Eagles defense does the same thing and they shut down Dalvin Cook. And if Dalvin Cook can't get going for the Vikings, I don't think they really stand a chance on offense to do much of anything. Kind of similar to what we saw with when the Bears played the Vikings and they got trounced. So hopefully we'll see that from the Eagles. Yeah. All right. So the division went two and one this week. Uh, the current standings are the Packers four and one, two and nothing division. Uh, Bears two one and one. Uh, haven't played a division game yet. Um, oddly enough, because of the one last game played and the tie, they're three quarters of a game back. So whoever wins this game between the Packers and the Lions uh, will be. Uh, the number one team in the division. Uh, but then we got the Bears and Vikings both tied at three and two in the division. Bears squeaking out that with that head-to-head win and the Vikings not having a division win uh, yet, uh, losing two division games. Um, one thing that was interesting is, uh, you know, our the worst record, you know, three and two with the Bears and Vikings uh, that would be tied for first in the NFC East, AFC North, and the AFC South. That's unbelievable, man. That's, I don't know, those divisions get their uh, act together. It's also impressive for us. I mean, we don't have a team below 500 still. And, you know, the AFC South is the only division that uh, has their worst place team with more than one win. So that also is pretty impressive from our division that we're that far ahead of all the other divisions record-wise. Yeah, yeah that is crazy. Um, all within the game of each other so far. Should be a pretty tough battle for us uh, for first place. Um, but if the Packers can pull this one out against the Lions, uh, getting that 3-0 and in the division would be a huge head start. So, um Finally, we move on to our Hot Cheddar Hot Takes of the Week, favorite segment of every week. Um, last week, uh, let's just say our Hot Cheddar Hot Takes weren't very good, but we were pretty happy with the outcome regardless. Um, so I'm going to start off with Mild Cheddar Hot Takes of the Week. I'm going to say that Aaron Rodgers' passing stats rebound after a quiet yet steady and productive week. 
Uh, he throws for 300 yards and three touchdowns. That'll go, be good to see as long as we get the W. Yeah, seeing as I have him in fantasy in two of my leagues, uh, I'm definitely hoping for that. So. <laughs> I'm going to go to the other side of the ball. Uh, Zadarius Smith uh, does not require any medical attention this week uh, during the game like he did during Dallas. So it's quite a time as we saw him on the on the field. Yeah, it's been a couple of games like that where you know Dallas was like that. He's he's been down and then he gets back up and then he's fine. So I mean, I, I don't know what he's doing there. Hopefully, it's uh, nothing, uh, no funny business. But yeah, um, moving on to our warm squeaky cheese curds hot takes of the week. Um, I gotta say that Jair bounces back to his All Pro form after struggling to cover Amari Cooper and limits Kenny Galladay to two catches for under twenty five yards and also getting a clean interception of Matt Stafford. That'll be a good one. Uh, that'll be a good bounce back for him. I'm going to stick with the defense as well. I'm going with Rashawn Gary gets a fire lit under him after uh, Mike Smith's motivation. And, uh, you know, he's not worried about messing up, and he uses athletic ability to make some big plays. He record, records three tackles for losses and also tacks on a force fumble. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah, that was uh, kind of uh, cool seeing that uh, story with Mike Smith, uh, you know, telling him, you know, he's like, can't be half pregnant. You got to <laughs> basically go for it. Uh, that was kind of funny. Finally, we wrap up with our habanero queso hot takes of the week. Uh, Aaron Jones follows up his ridiculous game and has another one with another four touchdown game, but this time two touchdowns through the air. That'll be pretty awesome. I know I hope he has a good game. I'm going to go with the passing game. Rodgers and his young wide receivers, that trust is slowly being built, and they're on the same page. MVS and Gmo, they both record 100 yards in the game, and they combine for three touchdowns. That'd be awesome. All right. Thanks for listening to the G-Spot Packers podcast. Follow us on Twitter at the G-Spot Packer 1. Please subscribe if you like it. If you really liked it, share this with your friends and colleagues. And as always, go Pack Go.